0: I want my Rockland World Radio, baby. (laughs) I'm independent. You know it. You love it. You can't live without it. Rockland World Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome to the show without a name. Uh, my name is Jake Jacobs, and I'm planning to have a show with a name, but uh, right now the name is TBD, and uh, it's July 9th, 2018. I'm glad to be here. I am a New York City public school teacher. I live in Rockland County, and I am a news junkie. I um, probably spend a little bit too much time following politics and media, but I also follow electoral politics, as crazy as it, as it is these days. And I'd like to uh, talk about um, our Secretary of Education, uh, appointed by Donald Trump. Her name is Betsy DeVos. She is a born billionaire who married another billionaire, so she's a double billionaire, a multi-billionaire. And she was placed in charge of the country's education department. She was put in charge of all the public schools all over the nation for the express reason of destroying them. And this is playing out in a lot of different ways. So uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Betsy DeVos is an heir of the Inventor of Amway, which is kind of like a multi-level marketing service where they sell products, and I think they sell everything from like toilet tissue to patio furniture, and they used to have people going door to door, really aggressively pushing like sales and quotas on on people in some kind of like pyramid scheme. Not sure exactly how that works today, but the Amway fortune uh, is billions of dollars. And Betsy DeVos comes out of that family. She married into another family, the DeVos family, who have been political donors across the Midwest for decades, her husband Richard DeVos. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes when we go through uh, the Janus case. But... Donald Trump appointed uh, Betsy DeVos as the Secretary of Education because he wants to shut down the Department of Education. In fact, he's recently proposed merging the Department of Education with the Department of Labor, which have almost nothing to do with each other. He just kind of wants to mash them together and see what happens. But in the Department of Education, uh, Betsy DeVos has been busily working, trying to change a lot of the policies And uh, some of these things really do affect kids in the classroom and teachers and parents and taxpayers. So let's go through them a little bit. First of all, the the really big news that's raging uh, in the last uh, week or two has been the Supreme Court decision, the Janus decision. Um, This is a decision that says that public sector unions, such as teacher unions, cops, firefighters, can no longer collect agency fees and this is important because entire states have it, have it set so that as soon as you're hired as a cop, teacher, fireman, the minute that you're put on the payroll, you automatically have your union dues deducted. In other words, there's an entire statewide membership that's associated with, or in some cases, it's citywide, or it could be a town. But as soon as you're hired as a teacher, you're in the union, and that's just the way it is, because these kind of things have been decided through collective bargaining at the state level long ago. Well, that's all out the door now because of the Supreme Court decision. It was a narrow 5-4 decision, which decided against unions And they want to make it harder for unions to automatically collect these dues. And the expectation is that union membership is going to drop because of this. And how does this affect Betsy DeVos, you're you're wondering? Well, as soon as this happened, school teachers here in New York, uh, in Westchester County, and specifically White Plains, but we've also heard reports about Rockland County and elsewhere, started getting these junk emails uh, on their work accounts in some cases, some, in some cases in their private accounts. And they all came from this weird organization called the Mackinac Center. And the Mackinac Center is out of Wisconsin. They are a right-wing policy uh, shop that has been funded by the DeVos family for decades. And they sent out uh, as many teachers as they could possibly email a notice saying, Now that the Janus decision has gone through, you can click here and find out how you can stop paying union dues. They're trying to get union members to quit the union. And there are going to be some people that do this. In Wisconsin, when this happened, union membership dropped 20% pretty quickly. And they are not expecting New York State to do exactly the same because New York is more of a blue state and more of a pro-labor state, but it is going to happen. And if you listening to this right now are in a union, you're going to be invited to quit the union (laughs) as soon as possible by organizations like the Mackinac Center, which are chipping away at labor unions, mostly because labor unions support Democratic candidates in elections and labor unions also uh, bargain for better wages and benefits for workers and the billionaires don't like that and so betsy devos is affecting all labor unions right now from the fact that her family has been funding right-wing think tanks such as the mackinac center and they're the ones behind the Janus decision this guy mark janus is a random public school employee in michigan Who really nobody had ever heard from him before, and he was really picked by these attorneys and by these billionaires who had this whole thing set up from the beginning, because the Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito and Justice Scalia had said uh, in previous decisions that oh, if only somebody brought a case against these labor unions and against and against the automatic dues deduction, then we would definitely rule in their favor. And because the right-wing majority has the majority, uh, they were able to do that. So that was just one way that Betsy DeVos is affecting uh, your state right now. Another way, well, student loans. Who doesn't have student loans out? Um, I know people that are in their 50s and 60s that are still paying off student loans. It costs a lot in interest and fees. And the DeVos family has been invested in the for-profit loan servicing industry for decades she was heavily invested in this industry before she became the secretary of education and some people suggested that it was a conflict of interest and so she said that she was divesting in other words she was selling off her shares of all of these for-profit student loan servicing companies but It's not exactly clear if she did, and nobody's sure to this day uh, if she's in compliance with the ethics requirements for becoming Secretary of Education. You guys might remember her very famous public hearings where she was being grilled by Congress, and they asked her, for example, do you support guns in school? And she said yes, for potential grizzlies. You know, the school staff has to be armed. And uh, everybody kind of mocked her. But at that same time, they were asking questions like, Are you getting out of the student loan business, the for profit student loan business? And she wasn't really able to answer at that time because these things are tricky to extricate yourself from. Her family members are also involved in it. So even if she was to step away, you know, there would still be these conflicts of interest. Then, to make matters ten times worse, the first people that she brought on board to appoint in the Department of Education for very, very important consequential positions were executives from the for-profit student loan industry, including people who had... Who had who um, terrible uh ethics violations in their past, and ran run companies that have been fined millions and millions of dollars and so she 's kind of doing all this very very unapologetically, very much in your face. You can rest assured that Betsy DeVos is a real ally of the for profit student loan industry, and that they would rather see people paying more for their for their student borrowing and paying for fees and Pushing people into default and pushing people into aggressive collection. And so she's made it a lot easier for these companies to exist and to do their dirty work. Okay? So that's two strikes right there. What else is, is Betsy DeWoss up to? There've, there's 81 small children who were seized and separated from their parents at the border. Right, You've heard of this whole thing, the whole keep families together movement and the immigration. So 81 children were seized at the border and taken to this one specific organization in Michigan called the Bethany Child Services Center. And this is a fundamentalist Christian organization. They've gotten some contracts to house these small children that were taken from their parents and to place them in foster care. And guess what, folks? This is not for free. This is not being done for charity. This is being done for fees. These are contracts. These are government contracts. And, you know, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that Betsy DeVos is the Secretary of Education that her uh, favorite, uh, you know, Christian uh, organizations get these contracts. Um, now there's people looking into this Bethany Child uh, Children's Services organization. Are they um, trying to do this whole indoctrination thing where they use the time that the child is in foster care or is is basically being held by the government? Believe it or not, uh, Betsy DeVos is in the orphaned, orphan business and uh, is connected to uh, this group. Her family members are still to this day on the board. There are people named DeVos that are on the board of Bethany Children's Services. And uh, her family uh, has, is on the record making financial gifts over the decades to them as well. So there are very, very close ties there. Now you're saying, what else can Betsy DeVos possibly do? What, can, what else can she possibly have her hands in? You know when your child goes to school and takes those standardized tests? Those pesky third-grade to eighth-grade tests, yes, you know them. They're Common Core tests, the math and ELA tests. They've been around for years. They've been controversial since 2013 when the Common Core was put into place. You might have heard about the opt-out movement. It's the, the New York State is the biggest state where parents refuse to take the test. For the last three years in a row, more than 20% of the parents across the whole state have refused to let their kids take these tests. And on Long Island, it's a record-shattering. 50% of kids, every other kid, one out of two kids on Long Island, Nassau, Suffolk County, has refused to take these tests for the past two years. So incredible opt-out rates because parents don't agree with the tests. They don't agree with the formulas that are used to evaluate teachers. There's just been such a huge backlash Republican and Democrat, against standardized testing for years and years. So much so that Donald Trump, when he was trying to get your vote, when he was campaigning, used to go all around the country and say very, very proudly, when I get into office, I am going to get rid of Common Core. He said this over and over again. He was going to stop Common Core. He was going to eradicate it out of Washington as soon as he took office. Well, folks... Donald Trump got into office, and he has not gotten rid of Common Core, not one bit. He has not just dropped the issue so that he doesn't talk about it, but it turns out now that Betsy DeVos is using her influence in the Federal Department of Education to tell states like New York that their schools are going to get into major trouble if they opt out of the tests. And here's what that looks like here in New York State. If you go on the Internet and print out a letter and says, I don't want my kid to take this test, and you send your kid into school, and on the day of the test in the spring of the math test and the English language arts test, your kid does not take that test, all those test refusals are all added up. And if your school district, right, like uh, Nanuet School District or uh, Pearl River School District, right, all these school districts, if they have an opt-out rate of over 5%, then that kicks in federal accountability. And what, what federal accountability used to mean under Obama was nothing. It was a threat, and Obama, the Obama administration said that they weren't going to do anything to punish Uh, school districts that had high opt-out rates. And then here comes Trump. Trump, who campaigned against Common Core, he gets into office, appoints Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education, and now the New York State Commissioner of Education is telling schools she has unveiled a proposal that says that school districts that have a high opt-out rate for one year in a row are going to get a little warning. And then if they have a high opt-out rate years in a row and remember we're only talking about five percent all right five percent opt-out rate is nothing more than 90 percent of the school districts in new york state are over that you know long island is over 50 percent. so you can imagine it only takes a couple of kids here and there to get over that five percent opt-out rate okay so the second year you're going to get more than a stern warning you're going to have your title one funding diverted title one funding for those of you that don't know is funding that is meant for low-income kids to get services that they need. It could be tutoring, it could be after-school clubs, it could be speech, it could be physical therapy. Whatever the kids' educational needs are, Title I funding is supposed to go to kids who are in poverty to kind of level the playing field. And so now, here is Betsy DeVos's Federal Department of Education telling state departments of education that if schools have high opt-out rates, they have to use their Title I funding, not for poor kids, not for kids with low income and kids with, with needs that have to be addressed. Rather, they have to spend that money to get the opt-out rate as low as possible. They to try to bring it under 5%, which, folks, is not going to happen <laughs> because there is just way too many people that are too committed to, to refusing these tests. And so it's punishing schools that have... Uh, high opt-out rates. And these are not just Democrats. These are Republicans and independents. And that is why Donald Trump ran against Common Core because he knew how unpopular the testing was. And now that he's president, he doesn't care what the people think. He's just going to push this policy down the throats. So if you are a parent and you're concerned that your kid is not getting anything out of taking the Common Core test year after year, And, you know, the tests are on time. Sometimes they take three hours for for a kid to finish. And the kids are pulling out their eyebrow hairs because they're so stressed out. Some kids are throwing up. Sometimes they give out plastic baggies so that you can put the test in the baggie because there's vomit on it. This is not – I'm not making this up. In the charter schools, they have kids that are so scared – of the test that they wet their pants. And so they have to bring in extra charter school pants that have the little logo printed on it so that they can change the kids out after they pee their pants. Folks, this is what Betsy DeVos is pushing now. She's pushing to punish schools that have high opt-out rates instead of fulfilling the promise to get rid of common core tests. They're just only making it worse. Okay, that brings us to the biggest issue of all. Here's the granddaddy. And so I had an article uh, in The Progressive uh, about two weeks ago about this. Basically, what happened was Betsy DeVos came to New York State for a visit. And she did not come to New York State to visit the public schools, where, where, which she's supposed to be in charge of. She came to visit private religious schools. And in particular, she visited two Orthodox Jewish, otherwise known as yeshivas. And she had photo ops, and she met with students, and they took a lot of pictures. They had a great time. And what Betsy DeVos was really doing was sending a message to the Orthodox Jewish community that says, I have your back. And what Betsy DeVos wants to do, and she's announced this ever since she got in office, is that she wants more taxpayer money to go to private religious schools. She herself is a Christian fundamentalist or dominionist or Christianist or whatever you want to call it. She attended Christian fundamentalist schools. She sent her kids to Christian schools. And she believes that these schools should get more taxpayer money and that we should literally take away money from public schools and literally close down public schools. And, and close them and charterize them, turn them into charter schools, turn them into private schools. And uh, this is the voucher issue. She wants religious school vouchers. Some states have them. About 16 states have them already. And other states, like New York, it's been a really big battle. They've been trying to pass legislation to chip away at the little funding streams for public schools so that they go to private schools instead. Right. So let's say you're a parent and you feel like you want your child to have a religious education. Well, that's great. We've had that for we've had that here for centuries. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but you have to pay for that out of your own pocket. So some states, you know, have on the state level passed voucher programs. You can imagine like Arkansas or Tennessee, Alabama, these really, really red states. They have a, a huge evangelical population and, you know, they really love their religion and they do not want their religion and their education to be split up. They don't want a wall or a constitutional divide. And so they pass, on the state level, voucher programs, and that says we can take the state funding and we can give it to some religious schools because, on the state level, they've decided this democratically, and uh, and that's what they want to do. Well, on the federal level, there's that's prohibited. I mean, church and state are separated by a a wall. There's something called the the Blaine Amendment, and the Blaine Amendment says that taxpayer uh, money cannot go towards any religious institution at all. Religious school, not in whole, not in part, nothing. And the Blaine Amendment is, is crystal clear, and over 30 states have state constitutions that have signed on to this. They have some version of the Blaine Amendment, which is a separate between church and state. So here comes Betsy DeVos with her little chisel and her hammer, and she's trying to chip away at that. And in New York, the tip of the spear here is the, is the Orthodox yeshivas. And I don't want to give people the wrong impression. It's not all yeshivas. There's a lot of Orthodox schools that have a full curriculum and that are doing a pretty good job of educating the students, so that they're prepared to go to work or go into college or go into a career and be a self-sufficient citizen, they learn English the whole nine yards. There are, however, a number of ultra-orthodox yeshivas. Um, some of them are associated with uh, the Hasidic Hasidim and Hasidic sects of Judaism, and they're located in Brooklyn, New York City. They're located here in Rockland County, and sometimes uh, they're located up in Orange County. You might have heard of Curious Joel. And wherever these really ultra-Orthodox yeshivas are, there are complaints that the schools are not providing a sound basic education, that these students, even though they were born and raised in New York, and might be third or fourth generation American New Yorkers, they don't speak any English. And they're not taught English, even though they're supposed to, because the schools receive state funding. They don't receive science, social studies, math, history, geography, art, physical education. There are reports of schools that don't give boys any education at all other than religious education, studying the Torah and studying the Talmud and studying, you know, the, the religious or Hebrew texts or ancient texts or learning how to speak Yiddish and zero else. And this has, as you might imagine, a deleterious effect. Once the students graduate, they don't have a New York State diploma in their hand because the school's are not in compliance. So that means they're not registered. This is about 70 or 80% of the students in these ultra-Orthodox private religious schools do not receive New York State you know, certified or recognized diplomas. And they do not have, uh, on top of that, marketable skills. Uh, they don't speak English, basic science. They don't know math. And so their job prospects are limited. This is a, a terrible thing. And the, and the parents themselves from the yeshivas are really, really reticent to speak out about this because they have such a, a hierarchy in their uh, religious culture that, you know, the rabbi is the be-all, end-all. And that if you speak out against the rabbi, you know, you could get shunned or you could get kicked out of the community. You can get kicked out of the school. Right, So it's not that the parents don't want their kids to have the secular studies. It's that leaders, the, the religious and educational leaders in these communities, don't want the kids to, to learn about the world that they live in. And that's pretty controversial. So you are starting to see some whistleblowers out there, and you're starting to see some brave souls that are, that are telling the story about what's going on. And basically we know what's going on. You know, boys that turn 13 years old uh, have all secular study taken away. And they have a long day of studying uh, the Torah and studying religious stuff. And, you know, some of them want to go to college, and some of them want to learn English, and, you know, some of them might want a career, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody wants to uh, make movies, or maybe somebody wants to be an airline pilot, or, you know, r- or, or travel the world, who knows? But uh, they're not given this opportunity. And it's really not a matter of, you might ask, well, why don't these parents just pick up their kid and enroll them in a different school across the street that has all the studies that they want? It's not that easy in these in these really close-knit religious communities because when you are associated with a particular religious sect, that rabbi, you know, would consider it a betrayal if you left the school that is associated with that particular sect, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know too much about, you know, the, the nitty-gritty of this, but, uh, you know, you can't really leave— the sect that you're born into because some of these families have been in these sects for generations and generations and to leave it to abandon it you know you would you would be you know completely shunned and so what they're doing is they're trying to speak out in secret in some cases or you know they're trying to appeal to the state education department to enforce the rules to make Their community leaders comply with the law. The law says that if you're taking state funding, you have to offer all of the subjects, science, math, you name it, you have to have them all. And they are way, way, way out of compliance. So this has led to a a so-called investigation. There was one being led by Mayor de Blasio in, in New York City, and there was supposed to be another one on the state level for the schools outside of New York City. And folks The investigation has not been doing very well. Um, There was about 40 or 50 schools that were listed in the complaint, and after three years' time, we have only heard of about 15 or 16 schools that have actually been investigated. Some people are saying that the de Blasio administration is slow-walking this investigation because he has allies in the community that are uh, trying to get them to just drag it out forever. But these kids that are in these schools, they don't have forever. I mean, they're going to 6th and 7th and 8th grade, and you know, the next thing you know, they're going to be graduating, and they're not going to know any English, and they're going to be unable to take advantage of living life in the fullest. So Betsy DeVos came to New York, and with a wink, she visited uh, two yeshivas, and so she's really making a play. She's trying to tell the Orthodox community, Hey, Vote Republican, and we will try to get you your religious school vouchers, we will try to get you your funding streams, and yes, we will try to get you excused from having to teach English, math, science, and social studies. And I'm not joking, folks. There is a state senator in the New York State Senate. His name is Simca Felder. He's very powerful because he is the one deciding vote between the evenly matched Democrats and the evenly matched Republicans. He was elected as a Democrat in the Jewish, what they call super district in uh, Borough Park, Brooklyn. It's so highly uh, gerrymandered that it's like basically the Jewish candidate can never lose. And he has uh, negotiated with the Republican state Senate leader, John Flanagan... A policy that would excuse these yeshivas of having to teach all of these uh, different subjects—the the the yeshiva loophole—and they they were they tried it a couple different times. The rest of the legislators around the state did not buy it, and so it did not pass. So right now we are kind of at a stalemate, where the yeshivas are supposed to try to make their case that they're giving their uh, students are well-rounded education, but it really falls to the education commissioner in the end to make the final decision. So I recently called into the Majority Report, the M- Majority Report radio show uh, featuring Sam Cedar, and spoke about this. And I'm going to play a clip now, just a couple minutes long, that will uh, also uh, give a, another perspective on this.
0: Calling from a 917 area code. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, hey, Sam. This is Jake, the teacher. Hey, Jake, the teacher. Long time no hear. What's going on?
2: I was wondering if, you're, if uh, you're up to speed on all the little things that Betsy DeVos has her fingers in lately, especially here in New York State, where, where it's pretty interesting. So since the Janice decision, have you heard of the, uh, the letters that have been, or the emails that have been going out to teachers? Yeah, they're been getting finding. Uh,
0: they're getting encouraged yeah. to uh, quit unions, essentially.
2: Yeah, and and it's basically like click here, and you can sign up, and you can stop paying unions, and so this is all being funded uh, by the Mackinac Center. Yeah, which uh, which has been funded by the DeVos family for a long time. It's also come out that eighty-one kids who were separated from their parents at the border were uh, sent. To Bethany Chil- uh, Christian Service. Yeah, we spoke about that.
0: A... We spoke about this. So this is Dickensian. Yeah. No, yeah, there's, there Dickensian. is. This is a um, this is a Christian adoption agency that has been highly uh, funded by DeVos family members to the like tune of like three hundred thousand. Yes, yes, there, it's literally like baby selling. Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, it's like it's like Cruella DeVille. So that has come out. I mean, she is, you know, she probably isn't involved with them now, but she has a hit. Her family is, is very involved, and... uh some of her extended families are board
0: members the yes. contributions have we, been we talked back. about that so, a little bit jake but the other things that she's doing i mean specifically in terms of education so much of the for-profit university stuff has been reversed and in terms of like uh deregulating loans and whatnot i mean and that is uh, all you need to do is go yeah that's any of the for-profit university stocks, and watch what, what happened to them over the past. Literally, the day after uh, Donald Trump won, they knew yep. that that was going to happen. But uh, in terms of public school education, what what else specifically, aside from you know the the sending out these emails, in terms of uh, in, in a post-Janice world, what else is she done that you can tell us about?
2: Well, here in New York, there's there's two things. One is that she came to visit some Orthodox yeshivas. Uh, Recently, and what's happening here in New York State is that the yeshivas there's a a certain number, it's about a couple of dozen, maybe about 40 or 50 Hasidic yeshivas that are really ultra orthodox, and they have not been teaching the kids English for, for a very long time, generations, and they've not, and they also have been skipping science, and history, and social studies, and geography, and, uh, and
0: they're getting funding, they're getting public school funding, I saw there was yeah. a there was a piece on this uh, recently, where, you know, and I think there's maybe even, I don't know if it was a lawsuit, but um, they're putting students through these, essentially, what would be like Jewish madrasas, and they're teaching mm-hmm. them uh, only Yiddish and Hebrew, uh, they are teaching them only the Talmud, and mm-hmm. some of these kids end up to grow up, and they say, like, hey, I want to... And understand, in New York State, the ultra-Orthodox uh, Hasidic community it has the highest rate of using social services of any in the, in the state. And the reason is, is because they are trapped in, uh, in, in terms of whether or not they could even get a job outside of the community, because they don't have even the most oh, rudimentary uh, of education I skills. I a, a friend of mine's older sister runs That's a right. group that specifically helps people exit that community if they're, like, gay, as an right. example. Oh, wow. and, they, and you're talking, like, a 30-year-old who doesn't know how to use a subway pass and can't speak English. That's not mythology. That's, right. like, casework. Yeah. And grew up in New York. It's, it's nuts. I used to live in a Hasidic neighborhood of South Williamsburg, and it was, uh, Wow like being among the Amish or something yeah I mean you know and look to each their own but the fact of the matter is if we're going if you're going to get public uh, monies for schools and you're going to have an accredited school uh, by the state you need to teach science math English you need to prepare these uh, students for going forward which is not to say that if they want to speak Yiddish they can speak Yiddish. If they want to speak Hebrew, speak Hebrew. If they want to uh, spend, uh, you know, a couple hours a day um, reading the Talmud and, uh, you know, the, the Midrash or whatever, go with God, as they may or may not say. But if you're going to be an accredited school, you need to deliver a uh, fundamental core curriculum. In many respects, there there's a lot of, like, really corrupt state politics at play uh with this particularly in this um in new york politics some politicians are completely in the pocket of uh of those communities they come from that communities but it's they 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 should not have the ability to do that yeah, uh, Jake, i appreciate the call kind of puts the lie to these people saying their issue with immigrants is they don't assimilate yeah, yeah exactly you the don't hear a lot of those people speak complain. english right Call from a 509 area
1: so that was uh, that was the Sam Cedar show, and um, you know they uh, they really did understand the issue. There, there's a couple more dimensions to it too. I mean, the, one of the reasons that those communities are in such deep poverty, and they do use social services like food stamps and housing and uh health care assistance not just because they you know are have such trouble getting gainful employment but also because they have such large families you know they're encouraged to marry when they're very very young and i saw one figure that said the average age of getting married was 19 or 20 and that the family sizes are enormous and then you know in the end they are encouraged to block vote. I mean, what this means is when there's an election and there's candidates, the rabbi makes a proclamation. And it's not like you can go into the voting booth and decide for yourself who to vote for. You have to vote with the community because they have a pact, you know, religious connection or some understanding that everybody's got to act in concert. And the rabbis leverage that, and they use that to get these concessions from politicians because they have such a reliable, concentrated block vote. And here in Rockland County, we have heard—actually, it was a little farther north—we have heard that when there's a congressional race and it's really competitive uh, race— that um, Bill Clinton will get on the phone, you know, with the religious leaders, or, or John Boehner will get on the phone, you know, or maybe they'll come visit in person and they'll make an appeal for the block vote for from these religious leaders and from these rabbis. Um, and, you know, the individual voter does not get to choose for themselves, you know, who they want to vote for. They might not even be following the issues. They might not even have enough of a of a working grasp of English that they even follow the news or the issues and they might not even understand what's going on anyway. So, it might seem really really like oppressive uh to keep your own people in the dark and keep your own brethren Uh, uneducated, on purpose, so that they have to refer back to you for advice every time there's an election, or, you know, if they want permission to go to college, or if they want to leave the community, but this is what's going on, and, you know, it seems very foreign to me. I'm of Jewish heritage, but I'm not, I'm not this religious where I, you know, uh, listen to other people for my marching orders for every little thing, and, uh, you know, I got to say that, you know, where it where it uh, where it really crosses the line is here, where you're breaking the law, because you can you know you can do whatever you want if you're running your own school and you're paying for everything and you're charging tuition. But when you're taking taxpayer money, there's strings attached. And believe me, I know this because I'm a school teacher, and you know, in our public schools, we have so many. Rules and regulations and guidelines that we have to adhere to. You know, the latest thing that comes down the pipe, you know, and it really sucks sometimes having to adhere to them, you know, and sometimes we push back and sometimes we protest. Sometimes we boycott something because it's such a bad policy. But breaking, the, you know, just taking the money and just not doing it is breaking the law. So a lot of these schools are out of compliance and they know it. And they don't like the scrutiny. Uh, the commissioner has been sniffing around with her investigation. And she has been, uh, Mary Ellen Elia, the commissioner of education of the state of New York, has been um, preparing new guidelines for these schools to come into compliance. But I got to say, in all fairness, the, the state education department is also making available Funding so that these private religious schools can get extra funding to go find teachers, to find licensed, certified math teachers and science teachers, so that they can come into compliance. And it doesn't break the bank because here's the state offering the money to help you recruit and find the teachers. And so that brings us to our final update on this issue. I mean, let's review now. We've spoken about Betsy DeVos. And all the nine ways to Sunday that she's really screwing public education, trying to divert money to private religious schools, trying to divert money to the private sector, to the for-profit colleges, to the for-profit loan industry, even to for-profit foster care services. And so there was a New York Post article just yesterday, I believe. And it was quite an eye opener. In it, it said that a number of these ultra orthodox religious yeshivas in New York City were proud to announce that they're pushing their unionized teachers out. Yes, they you know some of these schools do have uh, union teachers that would be members of the UFT, the United Federation of Teachers. And you know, having a union teacher means that the teacher is definitely certified; they're definitely licensed. They have representation, they have a union behind them, they are answerable and accountable, you know, for their uh, teaching. And at the same time, they also have been blowing the whistle, and they've been telling on some of these private yeshivas that are out of compliance. Uh, they might be breaking the rules as far as how many periods they have to teach, or the hours of school, or maybe the kids are not getting the, the subject that they're, that they're supposed to be getting. That is their right. And so they're pushing them out. And the yeshivas uh, told the, the New York Post reporter, we don't want them in our schools because they cost too much. They don't want them in there uh, bringing scrutiny to what's going on in those schools. And so the spokesperson for the yeshiva groups has been saying that in the post-Janus world, right, this is after the Supreme Court decision, which was just two weeks ago, that they want to get rid of these UFT teachers and that, you know, who needs unions anyway? And so it seems as though they are doing the dirty work for Betsy DeVos, who in turn is doing the dirty work for them, right? Trying to divert public school funding to, to private religious schools. And here are the religious schools that are putting out public statements saying that we're firing all of our unionized teachers because who needs unions anyway? Uh, you know, it's too much money. It's breaking the bank. That's the, the very latest. That was just two days ago. So folks been an interesting discussion a bit about uh, who the secretary of education really is and how she may or may not be affecting you or your kids or your tax dollars but uh, there's uh, Betsy DeVos in a nutshell we're going to come back next week uh, with a really exciting show we are going to have state senate candidate Julie Goldberg and we're going to try to do an in-depth interview with her. Um, I've spoken with Julie many times, and I think she's extremely intelligent and articulate, and so I'm dying to know where she stands on some of these issues and the religious school debate and all of this other stuff. Uh, So if there's anything that uh, you want to say in response to this, uh, I'll give out my email and my Twitter account. I'm uh, on Twitter at N-Y-Art Teacher, N-Y-Art Teacher. That's only one T, so it's N-Y-A-R Teacher. And the same NYR Teacher at Gmail is how you can get me on email. So my email is ny Teacher at Gmail dot com. And we hope to be right back here again next Monday at, what is it, 6 o'clock? And we, we will be interviewing uh, Julie Goldberg for State Senate, who is trying to replace David Carlucci uh, for the Rockland County and Ossining State Senator. And until then, we'll see you. Feel free to get in touch, and hopefully we'll have a name for the show by then. That would be good. And maybe even a website or a Facebook page. So ciao for now, and this is Jake Jacobs signing off. Sign Sayonara. <music>
0: Welcome to the new sound of Rockland, rocklandworldradio.com, exciting online TV and radio.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your
2: concentration?
0: Welcome Welcome to the new sound of Rockland,
2: rocklandworldradio.com.